Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 269, entitled, What Does a Web Design Business Look Like? It was published on Thursday, the 10th of March, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few short minutes by my colleague, David Wormsley, so that we can discuss that podcast subject. But before that, a few bits of housekeeping. If you enjoy the WP Builds podcast, I would love it if you felt able to share it. Do that in whichever way you like, possibly on your podcast player of choice, or perhaps go into Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, whatever it might be. And you could just mention or share it in that way. A good way to keep updated is to go to our WP Builds subscribe page. You can find it at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. It's got all the links to the different social channels where we post, where you may most like to consume it. And there's also a couple of email lists for you to sign up to. And that way you will be kept up to date for any new content that we put out. Another page that we always mention is our deals page. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the week, go there and get coupon codes for significant amounts off WordPress products, themes, blocks, and all of that kind of thing. They're there 365 days of the year, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And last but by no means least, if you're into social, but you want to step away from something online which is a bit generic so for example if you're fed up with facebook or twitter we've launched a mastodon install the url is wpbuilds.social once more wpbuilds.social and if you head over there you can join there's about 70 of us so far and it's fairly quiet but if you'd like to join the conversation over there and try something different give it a go the wp builds podcast was brought to you today by cloudways Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with their three-day free trial to enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24-7 active support. You can find out more at cloudways.com. And we do thank Cloudways for helping us to keep the WP Builds podcast going. Okay, what are we doing today? Well, like I said, we're on episode number 269. It's called What Does a Web Design Process Look Like? And in this episode, we are in season two. We've had six episodes of season one. This is episode number one of season two. And we're trying to figure out what the whole web design build process might look like. We've got loads of hats to wear because our job implies that we need to do so many different things, get the design, understand the mood, decide upon the sources of traffic. There's SEO, colors, fonts, all of that kind of stuff. So many hats to wear. How do we go about getting all of this down so that the client understands it? I'm joined by David Wormsley. It's a lovely conversation and I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome to another in the Business Bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We are at the start of season two where we start the design process. Here we're looking at structure, branding, copy aesthetics, but not the technical side, which we're going to save for season three. So this first episode is called What Does a Web Design Process Look Like? And in this, Nathan and I 
I are taking contrasting approaches to get our new business up and running and our client's site built. And she is a new lawyer with no previous site or any branding, and we're calling her Miss A. So Nathan, shall we just recap where we're up to? Yeah, so in the first series, it seems quite grand, doesn't it, calling it a series, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. In the first several episodes, we we sort of laid the foundations of what our business, how it would interact with our clients, let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm going for the, the I'm going to call it old-fashioned now, going for the yeah. old-fashioned waterfall technique where essentially I pitch everything that may be done at the beginning with things like proposals and it's got a fixed price and all of that and hopefully get all of that signed off and then once all of that has been tied down and we know exactly what is going to be done then we proceed and we proceed to this point you on the other hand you have a completely different way of doing things yeah i'm going for the kind of new which it's kind of move i think for a lot of industries agile approach where it's some of the problems with some projects are that you can't know at the beginning what really is needed at the end or it restricts what you could do through having this kind of proposal so i'm going this agile approach where really i don't have a proposal i just suggest we start maybe with a kind of minimal viable website and we build upon that you know to kind of move with the way that the medium is with websites changing and what the requirements are so that's the general aim with it so yeah mine's a little bit more chaotic but it does give us a lot more flexibility yeah it requires a certain leap of faith doesn't it you've got to be able to uh, have confidence in your processes in the future and also your ability to communicate effectively during the process and that everything is going to be um, how to describe it you're going to have a a direct line of communication with your clients and they're going to be incredibly responsive at all times Um, but we'll see we'll see so the design process what does it look like so this is the beginnings of actually fleshing out what the website will be like yeah and I you know I think there's I don't think any of us have a good design process. I mean, I've, uh, and I guess we don't know what each other's look like, and it's going to vary, I guess, according to what we specialize in, in terms of web design. Some of us are more developers, some of us are more designers, some of us are into branding and marketing and that. So it's going to vary, I think, for all of us. But even without that in the equation, there's never going to be one design process because the client circumstances are going to be different. Some are going to come with their branding and colors in place um, and font choices. So we'll, we'll have little to decide on in terms of the aesthetics. A lot of that will be done. Some maybe have plenty of SEO knowledge. They've got the traffic they need from an existing site so they didn't need work there. Or And they may have their own professional copywriter or have that already for us. So, I mean, our roles are going to change, aren't they? Yeah, actually, it's my experience, at least anyway, is that nobody ever had all of those things. There was always a great deal of that work that was left to me. And back in the day, you know, go back 10, 15 years, I think a lot of these areas, you could have a fair degree of expertise by yourself. You know, you could you could be jack of all trades. But as the as the world gets more and more technical and the the machinations of the internet mean that there are whole industries now of SEO and there are whole industries of copywriters and designers. I feel that that work is harder now than it's ever been to sort of stand out and be credible and know what you're talking about in all of those areas. 
is is more difficult yeah. than it's ever been. You've got to wear more hats, and those hats are bigger. Yeah, indeed. And and we're still, you know, to clients, clients still come asking for a website and what a web designer is. I'm, I'm sure none of us really talk to each other and say what we're good at because we could be, I put a list down here, we could be branding experts, primarily SEO experts, marketing and conversion strategists. We could be copywriters or storytellers or visual designers. And, and those are all the things that we might need in this season <laughs> before we move on to the next season where we pretend to be developers as well. Yeah, and you know? all of those, like I've just said, all of those feel like credible careers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when but, I was beginning in this industry, I, I feel that many of them weren't. They were just things which you threw in the mix and you will yeah. have to throw in the mix. I think if you want to pitch successfully for websites you are going to have to claim some expertise in many of these areas i would say particularly branding and seo shall we assume for our lawyer that we've got to do it all so we've got to wear all of these hats for this Um, i know that you you know when you think your weakness might be on visual design you'll get somebody in on you know in previous jobs you would get a designer in if you felt they needed one but shall we assume for the sake of this series that we're going to do all of the jobs? Yeah, you know, and the expectation is that you'll be fairly fairly competent at all of it. Let's just take that as a given then. We can, we can pass muster on all of this, even though we may not be the best that there is. Yeah, and it gives us a chance anyway to talk about all of them. Because, I, I mean, in most cases, I do wear all of those hats. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm... I mean, there's some something with the agile process I go through is that I feel would be feel comfortable to be that kind of generalist. And if there's somebody who can be brought in because there's a budget there who can do one area of this better than me, then yeah, come in merrily. I'd love you to do that particular thing that you're good at. You yeah. Know? Well, I guess uh, if, if the budget allows for it, you can, of course, hire somebody to do any one of yeah. those things. Like you may get some SEO person in or perhaps a graphic designer or some something like that. But Let's assume it's us. Anyway, we were talking earlier and it got really interesting. I thought there's a whole series in just talking about process itself because, I mean, we probably started roughly around the same time yeah. when the net, I guess most people were starting, you know, we're still learning how to style the internet and most people were still thinking in terms of brochure sites, they're claiming their space on the web before we really got into all this kind of clever SEO and conversion stuff that we know today. And and that influenced mine. I don't know if it did for you for learning initial processes. Did you did you have a process that you learned from anybody else? No, I really didn't. I did actually at some point buy it was a great big ring bound folder by SitePoint. Do you remember SitePoint? Yeah. SitePoint used to produce lots of um, manuals and how-to guides, and, and it was paper-based, so you would get it through the, through the mail or go to the bookshop. And I had a, a great big course that you could go through, and it was all in a big um, lever arch file, and there were about six CDs that came with it, so you could download some of the, the templates. And it was called something like the... The, the website business something or other. I can't remember. Yeah. But it, it purported to have everything in there. Honestly, it was about 300 pages. I probably got about 20 pages in and thought, this isn't for me. I'm just feeling yeah. shackled by everything in here. So I did, I did endeavor, but I failed in that endeavor. And I ended up just making it myself. And 
you have to making it up for myself. But mm. like you just said, you have to remember that back in the day, people mm. literally equated websites with, is there a website there? You know, does something <laughs> yeah. exist? Yes, job done. That yeah, was yeah. kind of, to some people, that was all that was needed. Does it look nice? Yes. Is it, is it alive? Can I see it? Yes. Then we've succeeded. And only nah. later did the, all the other things start to creep in. I mean, Google didn't exist. There was no search engine. Yeah. It was directories only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people's expectation, just just not understanding the change of, of marketing, content marketing, the, the effects of the long tail and how that would impact on, you know, traditional business models. You know, it's kind of... it really flipped everything on its head but uh, in the early days of the web we didn't really kind of fully appreciate that but I, I did have a, I mean I guess you know most of us who have to wear all the hats and you know build sites for clients did it for ourselves first and then we carry forward what we know from there but I did do a bit of learning because I was in an organization a government organization who made very public the building of their new site and at the same time, I was listening to, as I've often mentioned, Boag World, who used yes, to talk about their agency, Headscape, and and other ones. And I used to listen to them, and they all had a pretty similar approach to it. Um, and they would do exercises like card sorting to get everybody involved in finding out what bits of information needed to go on that site. And that taking those things and they would prioritize them to make up their information architecture then somebody would perhaps go away and make an interactive mood uh, not sorry not mood board a uh, wireframe mm -hmm. so they could see how it's all going to put together that stuff and then separately that's really more for the developer who needed to build the site and then you would have the mood board in where people would be putting together their ideas for textures colors typography that kind of thing to get the general feel and there might be discussions as well about the general personality what they're trying to convey and that would be for the designers and off they would go and I really loved all that stuff I thought that's mm. I'm learning this stuff and I'm introducing these concepts to clients <laughs> I failed all the time of course but um, it, it seemed really professional but now I realize it's just rubbish for what I need these people were dealing with government agencies and universities and big organizations who people needed to go to their websites anyway none of it was focused really on getting traffic and conversions nothing was on really competing which is what most of the clients who come to me need to do they even though they don't say it they really wanted their website to get them leads over their competitors yeah I think the the climate was really different. People were very much figuring out what the internet was. It was quite likely that most people were not using the internet on a daily basis back then. You know, you maybe yeah. log in for a, a, a matter of minutes each day, you know, download your email and then you disconnect your modem. Do you remember those, the dial-up modem? <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't this always-on expectation and not everything was online. And it, it almost, it was a bit of a, bit of a, a, a Point of kudos, really. Oh, we've got a website. Oh, really? Why have you got that? Oh, because we, this is the future. We've got a website, and it shows shows people where we are and what the um, you know what the phone number is and all of this kind of stuff. So, I think all of that has to be borne in mind. A couple of points about my process. I mm. ended up when we were putting this podcast episode together. I we you know we we share the usual show notes, and it became really obvious to me how much I relied on. Um, a couple of graphic designers. Essentially, mm. these people that I'd known for years and worked with for years, 
became my foils and I would simply mm -hmm. give them what I understood the brief to be and they would go away and return me one or two designs and that would be that would be priced into the initial offering mm -hmm. it may be one set of uh, design ideas or two or three depending on what they paid for and I would then show that to the clients and a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today would be done in that design phase you know literally the photoshop document would take care of a lot of it because it was mm. all about the way it looked. It was mm. simply, we need a website. We want it to look nice. That's it. And so yeah. looking back, I really did rely on the designers a lot. You know, there was no responsive. We didn't need to worry about that. Nobody was thinking about SEO. Nobody was worried about core web vitals, all of this stuff. It was just, we need a website. Can it be done to look nice? And have we got the money for it? Yes, let's go. Yeah, and I, I, you know, 2006 really is when I sort of built my first sites, and that was when the no spec movement was coming on. So up to that point, and, and, and including that time, clients expected to be able to see something. So you, you, you was expected to mock up something like a homepage so they could see before they gave you the job to build it. So you know everybody was thinking in that, you know, that way. And the first jobs I did, you know, getting paid for it, if you like, properly, uh, was through my colleague. And that's exactly her process. She would mock them up a very sort of simple version of a homepage. And if they like the colors, the typography, the general look, we built the site from there. And that was the way to do it. But now it seems it entirely upside down to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of expertise is required now. So just be mindful. We're not suggesting that this is the way that you do it going forwards. But that's just how it was and yeah. there was no resources really you know at best you would find dot net magazine or something and you would you would try to scrabble together what it was that you thought was the best way to do it i i would i would imagine that the same is true for anybody who's been doing it as long as you and i have they probably mm. invented the techniques themselves and perfected them over time but now i think if you're beginning as this series is intended to talk about you, you probably need to hit the ground running with quite a bit of this stuff. So let's dig into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I put down a list of, I mean, this is stuff I've only really thought about deeply over this last year and very much recently about trying to communicate what we're trying to do with a website and, and order the priorities. And then effectively, if we can have those um, priorities of what we're trying to do with a website, can we build up the website in layers, if you like, of those different skills. So, I mean, I'll, we'll just run over quickly over yeah. the points I had. So yeah. if you started with strategy, what the expectation of the site was, what is likely to be done in terms of offline promotion, so you know what needs to be done with the website, that then might lead into something about finding about out how you might compete, you know, competitive research, keyword research to find out whether your traffic's there. Moving on to then looking at how you might structure the story, the copy throughout the site, because once you know your traffic, you know your structure, then you can put the uh, copy into that. Um, I've got the order wrong there here because I said copy and then, then structure. But um, And then we might move on to looking into just the laying out the sort of key areas on the site um, in basic setting up things into sections so they're easy readable and then we might put the design the if you like the branding over the top of that to you know add in the icons the the kind of 
background stuff that you might have that gives it some consistency and stops this basically document looking so stark. And that might be the order that you might do it in layers going that way. Um, that, of course, this doesn't work and it doesn't even work on the website I'm working at at the moment because they, it's a new site where they can have entirely new branding, but they needed to uh, go to print and build their business card. So they needed their logo and needed to put some flyers out before. So my lovely plan is already broken. No, but I think you've got to roll with the punches a little bit. And yeah. if, if that's the case, well, so be it. You know, it can't be ironclad and you're not going to say, well, I'm sorry. You can't have your business cards before your website's ready. That's not the way we work because you're, <laughs> you are Mr. Agile. But let's just go through that again because I think it's really important. Yeah. Just let's just lay this out. So you're, you've got this six point strategy and this is in an ideal world how you would, yeah. the order that you would do things. And it's totally upside down from the, let's go to a graphic designer get the yeah. get everything let's figure out what the look of it all is it's completely upside down because that requires you to mock up some home pages when you have no idea what the home page really is trying to sell you got the design and the brand and the colors and everything all done but you're saying so figure out what the strategies and aims of the business are first that's number one number two mm. do a bit of keyword research or, or something to figure out where that traffic is coming from number three mm -hmm. Do the copy, get the words mm -hmm. figured out. Number four, organize the, the, the way that the pages will look. Number five, th think about things like um, fonts and what have you. And then finally, number six, which would which, which would have been my number one, mm -hmm. is color and really the design, you know, the, the, yeah. the final finessing of it all. Okay, that's brilliant. So we yeah. need to go through all of those points, I guess, in order. Yeah. Well, for me now, the I've really changed on this one. I used to have keyword research as this add-on you could do to see if you're going to compete. Now I'm really feeling that I should start with that. And it, and I think hmm. the last the site I'm working on at the moment just really highlighted that so well because um they, they were, <laughs> there was someone who had a site and a beautiful site but they got no leads from it so it was in a good place in the first place she'd had a, a beautiful site for five years nothing came from it at all and she was getting business from somebody else's site that's interesting um, just to pause you there that's an interesting definition of a beautiful site <laughs> yeah, I yes, mean, I from know. the from the perspective of useful it's not beautiful at all but it's beautiful to look at but it's not yeah. not effective Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. And, and it's, so it's easy to sort of say, let's do some research on this because they knew that they, who they were getting work from was doing quite well. But So we did some keyword research, but it, it told us that, and I think I can talk about what it is. So they're doing counseling psychotherapy and what typically happens with that. And I think it's because of website designers. They, we've got that thing where we have that hero section and then we have these sort of three areas underneath often don't we oh yes traditional sites yes. Um, i mean that's changing a little bit now yeah. and i think what happened is a whole bunch of similar because they're very similar all the competition so they sectioned them off oh we'll have individual counseling um group counseling and and um couples counseling as these three things and they would go off into their own pages what it turns out is that only one of them then of the actual counseling that people might search for is the couples the rest are sort of on-page information that's within this something that someone never searches on, like 
individual counselling. No one bothers to, you know, we looked at it. No one actually types that in the UK at all. So, you know, you realise that suddenly the structure of your site and the layout of most of these isn't matching what's happening. And interestingly, you know, she thought couples counselling was the most popular thing in demand, but Google tells us otherwise it's bereavement counselling. And it's, it's just interesting. Once you start to do this, the whole structure of the site changed from all the kind of competitors we looked at and what she had in the first place. And I thought, really, it should do that from now on. Really, that should be the starting point. I would imagine that if the keyword research was done using whatever tool you prefer, if you did that really well at the very beginning, you would be more or less guaranteed to have a, a successful website. If you really did nail that, And you figured out, for example, that bereavement counselling is the term to go Mm. at. And nobody else has made that um, endeavour and nobody else has figured that one out. You really are going to do well. Of course, I guess the the problem we all face nowadays is that most people are doing their keyword research, hopefully quite well. So it just makes that as, as, as tricky a challenge as it's ever been. But yeah, you're right. It fascinating that they thought and this I think came up time and time again for me when I was doing keyword research and I was no expert at that you know I would do the the kind of basic stuff that most of us are equipped to do but it was always interesting to me how completely disconnected the clients were with what their audience were actually looking for they genuinely were firmly convinced that people were searching for such and such a term and it turns out almost nobody was and it's hard for them because they know their business they know what the feel of their business is it's hard for them to hear somebody like me saying yeah but nobody wants that you know i think it's quite tricky as well because local seo is maybe difficult because you don't have the numbers for local so you kind of that's right take some ideas from you know larger picture but in this particular case again just having this long discussion and getting into the keyword research revealed something which was kind of buried in her site and it seems all a competitor site is that they didn't have this was a center that they're setting up they didn't really their site wasn't to serve the local area which i thought it was it turns out that a big growing part of their trade is online counseling which could be international and uh, suddenly you realize that oh these were just one lines put you know on some pages nothing that really search engines could pick up on nothing that's likely to get found and you just think wow again you know suddenly the the nature of doing this kind of process this structure changed the nature the whole layout of the site and how the aims would be and what was I thought was going to be the main feature would be this new center that they're creating and p- lovely pictures of the rooms that they've got and outside look of it. It turns out that, well, in the area that she's in, local advertising, everybody's going to know about what that is. So it can be a small feature of the homepage because there's other bigger things to deal with, like the online, which they want to grow, you know, things like that. So really fascinating. So now I've really become a convert to the idea that we probably shouldn't start until we have some idea how the you know how traffic will come to a site and what what they're up against in terms of competition so you know most of them will offer various different parts different services if you're a electrician say you probably do lots of different types of work you might do outside 
lighting or something like that. Maybe one of your competitors is pretty poor. They've just put this in. Most of them put it in a list item somewhere buried in a page rather than have their own individual page. So I think there's always something where you can you need to look at it and say, okay, we're going to structure this whole site to you know try and work on how we can compete locally. Yeah, the really nice thing about that as well is that you can you could have a real impact really quickly in a measurable way. Mm. So you could, you know, it could be night and day, couldn't it? The old website went, died on Monday. The new website came live on Tuesday. And we see an uptick in traffic for those particular terms. And, yeah. it, it, and we can chart it increasing over time. And it genuinely is driven by the research that we did at the beginning. And that's a difficult thing to sell to a client yeah. keyword research because it's boring and it doesn't have that sort of well it's not particularly sexy is it, it it's, it's not a very interesting task i would imagine for most people to do and yeah. you're you know you're in tables and spreadsheets and looking at data and it's a bit uninteresting but the, yeah. the measurable effect could be transformative yeah i think it could be and even if it's not at least it gives you something to test you, you at least right. you've got a theory to test against even if it's not working for you you've got a logic to how you set them up rather than just what you think might be right uh, you we talked before this and you were saying the same you had you know sometimes with clients you had some great ideas for what they could do with their business but it was difficult to sell it and uh, i've had exactly the same problem you know i i make it too complex for the client to understand what we're talking about so they don't buy into it because they don't understand what we're selling them yeah so a, a couple of points there the first one is i was guilty so many times of being talked down by clients yeah. i don't mean talked down to i mean literally i'd go in and say look we could do this 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 and this all of them are great ideas go for it and they would say i don't want this 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 or this i just want a website you know, and I, I, for an easy life, I'd often go, okay, we'll just go with that. And didn't really get into the whole explaining thing. Hmm. The other thing is that your process of agile work, where basically they're with you for the ride, you know, that hmm. it's not like the website's built, bye-bye, maybe a care plan. You are hmm. constantly dealing with them, hopefully for years and years to come. You get to position yourself as somebody that's going to adapt the the SEO strategy or the keyword strategy, you know, you can genuinely say, look, we'll, we'll begin with this set of keywords and we'll try it out. And if, if it's not giving us results, well, we'll, we'll go and have a look at it again. Whereas with the waterfall model, unless there's a care plan, yeah. that's less likely to happen. Yeah. And I think it does. I mean, it's finding that initial conversation. I, I now learn and it's, <laughs> Literally, I mean, how long have we been doing this? I've only kind of just figured this out that the first question I need to ask people is like when they want a website, the first thing I need to have, you know, everybody says that we all have different ideas. Do you need, you know, if they need um, leads, let's, let's start from that. And, and I'll explain, look, how, web, why websites, some websites do well and why others don't. And if we want to be one that does it well, we we want to borrow from the tricks that they do, don't we, to compete and, and start from that basis and try and keep everything as simple as possible, you mm. know. Mm. Um, but you know, it's taken you know all this time to actually even get to that realizing that 
perhaps in my case ought to be the first conversation I have. <laughs> ah, you see, the problem here, David, is you didn't read Joe Bloggs's book, How to Build a Good Website, <laughs> written in 1998. Absolute <laughs> wisdom in there. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we talked a lot about the strategy. So a lot of that comes into it. And I, you know, I do, you showed me a site before we started recording which was brilliant and you should talk about that okay so th- yeah. this was this was literally last week i i buy occasionally we get a takeaway meal and we, we have a, a curry and what i do is the process that i go through is i phone up the number which is in my telephone and i order the curry that that we typically have or you know slight variation of it i phoned up and they were closed and so what do you do when that happens well I, I went straight to Google. Actually, I didn't. I went to Doc.go, but the point's the same. I went to a search engine and I typed in Curry and Scarborough, which is where I live. The, the As is always the case, right? The first result that I came to, I clicked because I thought, well, this is what I want. I need a curry. There, there it is. I can see it on the map. There's a little pin. I know it's close by. They'll be able to help me out. And I was taken into an experience which was utterly brilliant there was no web page as such. There was basically a, a buying experience. I went straight from clicking on the, the link in Google into what do you want to eat? And, and, and it wasn't just like, here's a menu with some prices. It was, what do you want for us? Do you want a starter or something along those lines? No. Okay, what about a main? How many of these do you want? Do you want this, this? I was done in three minutes, which mm. was considerably quicker than a phone call and it arrived in half an hour and we had a delicious tasty meal the point though was i was expecting a website a Mm. typical brochure website where i would then pick up the phone what i got was e-commerce and it was just brilliantly done yeah and i it's exactly the same that's how I'd approached it, you're thinking about, and it's there still, isn't it? What happens is that you go to their homepage, it redirects you basically to the shopping experience. There is a homepage still there if you click back to home, uh, which has the regular stuff you would expect to see, you know, uh, pictures of curries and I think some picture of their restaurant itself. But, you know, for a lot of people, they're never going to go in that restaurant. The the main key part of a homepage is something that's of no interest to them at all. So I yeah. think it's ingenious, and you know, and it, all of these things are getting me to think a lot more about you know, talking to clients better and just doing some of that competitor and keyword research. Not maybe not just focusing on that, but just really drilling down into the little hidden things. Like I say, you know, this person little line on the old website saying we do it online you know their business when you realize that that's actually half of their business and growing you know and they want to promote it more could entirely be missed you know well i think uh, that the the illustration for me the sort of aha moment in that curry website experience yeah. was if i'd have built them a website yeah. i would have had the i would have had the process completely wrong i wouldn't have done that i would have done the sort of typical home page with a link to some yeah. sort of, I don't know, e-commerce, WooCommerce, or there's some yeah. plugins to handle specifically takeaway food now, isn't there? And yeah. and I probably would have built the website in the normal way, but that's so not what the visitors want. They want, <laughs> yeah. they want to be just, okay, give me a curry, off we go. So it was just, it, I, I was really taken by it. It was really good. Yeah. 
I think, you know, with um, one of the early, I mean, it all go. I think most of it goes into the strategy because the copy comes out of that as well. Because, you know, I think we don't appreciate it so much. And often we might just leave it to the clients to give us the words. But the words are probably the things that are going to sell what you offer more than anything else that we do. And I think, you know, getting a consistency between, I, I think our job now, this has changed, is is really to illustrate the words. It's the sales copy. Yeah. That's that's what our job is. You know, it's, uh, and often I think, or certainly for me, they used to be, that's why we put sticking, you know, we have a website that looks like a website and we haven't got the words yet. So we'll stick in some Lauren Ipsum and that'll be fine. It'll still look like a website. But when you think about it, it, Again, it's upside down, isn't it? It's interesting because I literally can't do good graphics, you know, yeah. logos and things. I mean, I can do the most atrociously basic ones, but yeah. somebody with the right skills can knock out in less time something inspirational. And I think yes. the same is true for copy. Yes. I think some people just have that flair. You know, you, you've met people who are erudite and they can just spill the right things and... So certainly when it comes to sales and pushing all the buttons that it compel people to carry on on the website or follow a particular path, I think really this is the domain of experts. But it's odd because most of us that have been through school have the capacity to create the text. Mm. Whereas most of us that went through school do not have the capacity to draw or create a, a logo. Mm. So I think a lot of us have got the idea that oh we'll we'll do some nice sales but i think if if the if the budget allows and it's possible to get a copywriter in everybody that i know who has employed a copywriter has not regretted it yeah i, I and i think you know i mean i feel i've learned some of the basics from right blogs like copy hackers and it gives me a much better chance of being able to write web copy than someone a client would do i mean a right. client usually they learn the writing skills from school where you you know correct grammar is important but where mm -hmm. correct grammar really isn't important on the web it's communicating with people in fact talking the way that your visitors might talk is a better way to communicate with them um I think copy hackers talk about that, don't they? They often borrow the words from people who've left reviews and build that into the copy for a site because it actually has the sound and the feel of what real users, how they talk. Um, but anyway, sorry, yes. Um, it, you know, the difficulty with all of these, I said about the layers turning it upside down. So we would get the copy and then, you know, we, obviously we want don't want too much of it. So it's got to be very succinct. It's got to be something that people could read quickly. So it's got to be chunked uh, onto our pages. And, and somebody who very much influenced me, uh, Laura Elizabeth, mm -hmm. you had a yeah. talk a couple of times on the... Um, page builder summit and i loved her talks because she does this thing where she's really training developers how to do design and she has a lovely structure where she shows how you put together a page so she starts with the copy sections it off so it's got good space in then she moves on to the fonts and she puts in the key images as well that she's going to need on that and the last thing that goes in is the color and the texture the background blobs or whatever the icons to give it so she works that way around but you I could. like that, by the way. I do. I do think that is ingenious because it. I think it yeah. genuinely is the opposite of what I would normally do. 
Yeah, it's the space. But there is one where the fly in the ointment with all of this, with the process, is the fact that you could argue that the colour, texture, and that branding stuff is right at the beginning where it should be strategy because that might be the point where you say, okay, what is the... There is a great question which somebody uh, asks about websites, and I occasionally ask clients this one. If your website needed to be a famous personality, who would it be? Just so you get the voice of that website so huh. it's consistent with the copy, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. If, if, yeah, and it's a good way of sort of like getting who, you know, what it would look like. And then in a way, some of your imagery and the words would have to be the same. So, you know, if you say, you know, we weren't or we were not, it, you know, that would be a consistency you'd want to get through your site, whether you say were not or whether you go, you're more informal or, or something like that. You'd need to decide. So maybe our lawyer may have uh, my need to convey something that sounded always very formal. Yeah, I think that's um, true, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got the a frog in my throat. I think that's absolutely true. I think they would typically want to go with something a bit more formal, everything grammatically correct, you yes. know, no kind of use of slang or kind of street language or no hint of trying to look cool. I mean, maybe there's the odd yes. lawyer out there who would like that and that would work for them. But typically, I think they're just after something straight-laced, no frills, professional, down the line, and yes. that can be delivered, but equally, you might be building a website for a totally different kind of client. And you're right, you want to reflect that language back. <laughs> I, honestly, all it takes is to have teenage kids to realize yeah. how quickly language changes and, yeah. and how quickly you are left behind. The next generation, who are literally 20 years behind you, are, are talking in words that you don't even know the meaning of, <laughs> yeah. slang, and, and it's totally normal to them. My, my kids genuinely use words, and I have no idea what they mean. And they smirk <laughs> yeah. and giggle amongst themselves when I say, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Dad, you're not cool. It's important. <laughs> You've got to get the language right. Yeah, and it's, it, it, and it's important to them that they differentiate themselves with their own language. It's important that you're not cool you know that's right that's yeah and, and i think you know it is interesting what people do with i mean copy hackers are great i used to get emails from them and i used to notice and i see this trend growing even more on blog posts now where literally there is no more than one short sentence per line with a space usually so a paragraph now is just one very short sentence um because of the way that people skim over this way oh, to twitter engage what people. have you done to us i know i know <laughs> um, we have to adjust and the, and the I think that's true. But I find the process, I do think this idea of layers, I mean, the way I'm trying to think about restructuring my business now, I think I would think that way because I'm doing this agile approach. Okay, I'm going to be there. I need to make the processes I do transparent to the client so they can be involved should they want to be, which I hope they will. But also I need to allow for team working where effectively someone could take on some part of it. So if someone was coming in for the design now with my idea of layers, I would still think in this order of priorities. But if I was doing the early strategy bit, they would get that information about what those colors and textures might need to do mm. when they're tightening up the, but that the thing might be in place these days, you know, the rest of it, the copy might already be there and say, okay, just make this now look beautiful. 
I do I do think it would be a, an anxious busting ex- experiment for me to to have tried it this way. In other words, copy comes first. We've got the short mm. sentences and then we go and fit them into containers on the website to make them look beautiful with the aesthetic that we've chosen. Because mm. I was forever trying to squeeze long portions of text into spaces that they simply wouldn't go into. <laughs> yeah. And because the conversation hadn't happened and we hadn't got the copyright, we just received something from the client that they thought was appropriate. Invariably, it was too long and yeah. it was difficult for them to make the time to make the modifications. We should have done that in the order that you're suggesting. I do like this approach. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear what people do with their structures. How I guess it's how you define your priorities in in that. But for for me, certainly, and I'm sure a lot of people in the same situation, it used to be, you know, the thing we talked about when we last talked was getting content from clients. And I've often wanted to ask people, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what I, do, do you hold off until they give you the whole copy or do you want to be involved in the process of building that copy, you know, or are you literally just making something that looks like a website that looks pretty based around what they give you and it's not your responsibility so you know it's i'm sure we all approach it differently yeah definitely i've i've biting off more than i think an individual can chew but i think some kind of structure some kind of process that you're comfortable with is a really hard thing to achieve and i think it's we're, we're steeped in our history of how we used to do sites and think about it and what issues we have with clients that is a really good point. And, you know, I made the point earlier that it, back in the day, there were virtually no boxes to tick. You could just throw a design up. And so long as it was active on a web host somewhere, job done. Now, yeah. as we've seen, there's a whole gamut of different things that need to be achieved. You know, keyword research, copy, structure, fonts, colors, textures, all of that stuff that we've gone through. Uh, by the way, I'll put them all as separate bullet points in the show notes so that you can see what what this process might look like. Yeah. But um, but I do think it's hard, hard for people like you and I to kind of unpick everything that we've learnt or not learnt and go through it yeah. the new way. So if anybody who is young and beginning their journey with all this is listening to this podcast, it would be interesting to know what your thoughts are, where you're at and what your process is going to be, whether it's going to be the more formal waterfall technique yeah. that I, I had or whether you're going to go with something topsy-turvy like David's got. But I, but either ways, even if you're not doing that, I think, you know, how do we position in this day where we've got page builders and many clients believing that they can just do it themselves, you know, how we can distinguish ourselves, I think is often, you mentioned this before we went live here about the fact that that's almost a business in there, you know, with really the, the kind of marketing side. I don't know how you get this over, but kind of websites where you say, you know, we build websites like that get leads that's what i mean a lot of people do that anyway but if you can explain how you do that uh, it kind of it makes us relevant doesn't it because there's no way if you use a page builder and you get a structured template and you try and put the content into that that's fine but it may not do you know you much good in terms of business in terms of getting new leads yeah i I feel that there is a profession in here um somebody that can go in on your behalf Let's yeah. assume that you're a freelancer and you 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 know you genuinely don't have the expertise to explain all this yourself. Somebody that could go in and meet the client on your behalf and just explain it all, explain yeah. what keyword research is and why it matters and why it might need to take place right at the start. Explain 
why you need to figure out what their strategy is explain the the benefit of having good keyword or sorry not keyword copy created yeah. and pages structured correctly just explain all of that because i feel that's a difficult job to do i don't know if anybody mm. does feel that they're particularly good at explaining all that i i certainly was never i always felt that i was tripping over myself in those conversations when people ask mm. me well why do we need to do the keyword research i just had a few little answers you know because it'll drive more traffic and we'll know what people are actually looking for and there's probably some sort of deeper deeper meaning in there that i never managed to convey do you know nathan there's a couple of there's only a couple of people i know who who are web designers um they've kind of appeared who take an agile approach and the interesting thing about both of these people is what their businesses are generally their businesses are all about marketing and branding so they're starting mm -hmm. with being very influenced by uh, donald miller and uh, story brand and they're all about starting with the story for this brand and how they're going to convey this on the web. And I thought that was quite interesting that the only people I found who take an agile approach start with where I'm finding myself moving to, you know, getting that in place first. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is that yeah. is interesting. It is it is about creating the story, isn't it? You are trying to figure out and take a journey with these people. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Okay, I feel well, we probably covered that, do you are. think? I think we have done it. We're going to, it sounds like the same topic next time. We're going to be talking about how do we structure a website. But there's lots to talk about here, isn't there? Because of the fact that things we've alluded to here about that, you know, we have things like hidden personalized content, hidden landing pages. Uh, we have lots of things that have changed about menus with responsive. There's loads of stuff to talk about. Yeah, and yeah, just, I think that'll be a really interesting yeah. topic. So we do these every two weeks. So yep. if, you know, we intersperse them, interview one week and then a chat with David and I on the following week. So we'll be back with episode two of season yes, two structure. in a couple of weeks. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Lovely to chat with David, as always. We do this series every two weeks. So we flip-flop between interview episodes, which I carry out with guests, and the chat with David and I. So you'll have a couple of weeks to find out what episode two involves in our WordPress Business Bootcamp series. But if there was anything in there which you thought we'd missed out, perhaps something we got wrong, or maybe you'd like to agree with something, head over to wpbuilds.com and search for episode number 269 and you could leave a comment there. Alternatively, our wonderful Facebook group of over 3,000 very polite, very well-behaved WordPressers over at wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. You could make a comment over there if you'd prefer. We really do love getting all of those comments, so feel free to reach out to us. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by Cloudways. Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with their three-day free trial to enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24-7 active support. You can find out more at cloudways.com. And we really do thank Cloudways for helping us to keep the WP Build podcast going. Speaking of going, it's time for me to go now. We'll see you in a week or so every thursday for the podcast don't forget our live show every monday this week in wordpress wpbuilds.com forward slash live join us and join in the debate but if we don't see you for any of that hopefully next week back for the podcast i'm gonna fade in some cheesy jazz music this week and say bye-bye for now